Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. This is Jacob Mullins, and this is the Tech Apex podcast. I'm actually talking to you from the Qualcomm Ventures CEO Summit in La Jolla, California. And I'm here with Barry O'Brien, Managing Director with Silicon Valley Bank. Afternoon, Jacob. How are we doing? Good very to be well, here. Very well. Very well. Thanks for joining. Beautiful day in Southern California. It is. <laughs> it is. And thanks for joining Tech Apex. You know, here on Tech Apex, we focus on essentially the point of inflection between the moment of preparation for new technologies to come out mm-hmm. to the time when you need to flop that to accelerate into mm-hmm. new technologies. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about computer vision and augmented reality and robotics and sure. automation. Um, and you are at the nexus of a lot of these cool technologies and how they interact with large corporations. Mm-hmm. So maybe just tee it up. You want to share a little about what you focus on for Silicon Valley Bank? Sure. So I, I'd say I'm one of the bank's managing directors. I joined the bank in 2012. Previous to this, I served as an officer in the Irish Foreign Service, which took me around the world a little bit, and then ended up uh, meeting some folks in the bank and came on board. And I, I run the bank's corporate venture capital group. So what does that actually mean? I run the bank's relationships with the venture investment arms of the Fortune 500. So that's part of the reason I'm here with Qualcomm today, Uh, Intel Capital, Google Ventures, BMW, we can kind of, we can go through the Fortune 500 and what we do for them depends on how they're structured, depends on what they're looking for. Some like like a a Sapphire or Google or they're Mm -hmm. structured like an LPGP, Mm -hmm. like like Shasta, like like Andreessen, anyone else. And others like like Qualcomm or Intel where we are today, they're off the balance sheet. So so what we provide for them as a bank varies. Hmm. Um, And then also I'll work with the innovation teams of Mm-hmm. Of uh, big companies like Procter and Gamble, hmm. uh, Under Armour. We helped Under Armour acquire their first two ever companies. We mm, identified them. They're port codes of SVBs. Um, and likewise, I'd, I'd, I'd and what's the motivation typically for a lot of these companies? Is it is it trying to buy Silicon Valley talent? Is it them just trying to stay ahead of the curve? Um, you know, it's it, it's a very relevant question. It's a question as, as corp, I mean, corporate VC as an industry has grown. I mean, sorry, I say I started this five years ago. It's grown. An unbelievable rate. Mm-hmm. Last year, twenty percent of all deals uh, were led by a corporate, not just participated in, mm. led. Twenty-five uh, percent of all deals over twenty-five million were led. Uh, were led. So, like the bigger, the mm. bigger the deal, the more likely to have a corporate, not just participating, but leading Actually it, sourcing leading. it, doing it. Interesting. So, the, it's a bit, you know, and venture capital is is not easy, but as a model, it's somewhat easy to understand. You know, you, yep. you use a VC, go to your go to your uh, your LPs, you raise a fund. Yeah. You find some awesome companies, you invest, and hopefully return capital. It's pretty, it's all money-driven. Yeah. With corporates, and all the time I've done this, I describe it being like a pendulum between a strategic and financial return, huh. and I haven't met two corporates at the same point along that pendulum. Wow. Very, sounds very nuanced. Yeah. So, what? So you know, that's why, that's why thankfully, there's a need for someone like me, because you go out, you meet them, you get to know them, you get to know everyone from the executives down. I mean, huh. Here today with Qualcomm, you know the Jacobs are here. You know you got the, the, the you know, got all the C-suite McGraw. I saw downstairs from from Qualcomm. They're here because it's important to them. Hmm. Uh, it's important for, in this case. It's important to them to sell silicon chips. Yeah, obviously. But I mean, if you want, Qualcomm's a great example because I mean they would be in the top three corporate VCs in the world, but in terms of both capital deployed and returns. Yeah. Um, if they if you were to analyze them like a VC, they are highly highly successful. Huh. Uh, and why do they do it? Um, you know, oftentimes I talk about like Intel Capital as an example. Intel by returns in 2015 were the most successful VC in in, in the world. Hmm. Uh, but those returns went into the 12 billion dollar R and D pot 
of Intel. Oh, interesting. So it's not going to. It's like it's like taking. It's like not you know knocking a twenty two off a warship. It's not yep. going. It's not going to move the needle financially for the corporation. Interesting. So likewise with with. So do companies consider it kind of an outsourced R and D center? Like be able, being able to invest in kind of quick moving startups that maybe on the forefront of a new technology like robotics or whatever it may be, and then enable them to kind of jumpstart their own company's development or. In a way, yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's, there's. I can give you like the one, the bad example I use sometimes is, is yeah. corporations who who see innovation being like Q Branch in the Bond movies. There's like a bunch yeah. of guys in a room somewhere <laughs> putting you know bazookas into BMWs. That's, yeah. that's never the crazy. Stuff. And then it's going to get like, supplanted <laughs> back into the mainstream the organization that doesn't work. But Qualcomm's a good example. So Qualcomm, you know, we're we're using you know, we're using a, 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 an iPhone on this table, iPhone eight, which yeah. is. Which is on a, on a Qualcomm Snapdragon yeah, chipset, yeah. and most most of the equipment actually on this desk can run a Qualcomm Snapdragon chipset. Huh. So that market, Qualcomm has, has saturated. Yeah, and, and and you know, corporations are judged by Wall Street. They, they're judged by quarters. It's not like you know VC mm-hmm. investing where you're looking at a three, four, five, seven year life cycle. Yeah, these guys are living quarter to quarter and have to and have to you know be ahead of that curve. So so Qualcomm ventures in particular, they're looking for what's next. So what's the next market? Mm. So like you see a lot of the companies we're seeing here, they're around uh, robotics, uh, performance, AOR, VOR, mobility is big for them, uh, data storage. How do you power all these server farms? Uh, So not just putting a chipset in in an iPhone, putting a chipset in a factory. Interesting. Um, so that's so that's a big part of what they do. It's a big part of their 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 investment thesis. Yeah. And effectively, they're almost seeding a market for themselves. Yeah. So if they develop these companies, these drone companies, uh, you know, Navdi was one of their big crews. They were an investor in that that got yeah. acquired by GM for for a great for a great outcome. Um, you know, if they if they if they seed these 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 markets, these industries, then they create the next the future for Qualcomm to sell to. Got it. Yeah, they're they're building their they're farming their markets. That's yeah. really interesting. Uh, Today, this morning, there was their head of R&D and science, I think Matt Grobe, Mm -hmm. and he took us through a session talking about the convergence of Internet of Things, so connected devices everywhere, and then the tremendous need for higher bandwidth and and connectivity, and he was giving the future of 5G. Um, And and he was talking about companies that are going to be building drones for firefighting and mm-hmm. uh you know on the ski slope you'll be wearing an your 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 uh goggles will be augmented reality enabled being able to see your friends mm-hmm. he gave all these different examples and in my head i was it seemed like an evangelism of 5g but now as you're kind of you're you're focusing it down it's really enabling companies who are building these next new technologies yeah. to be to be close to qualcomm to follow their thought leadership and you then know. to to build on their chipsets. Yeah, yeah, the thesis of, of, of Qualcomm would be, would be would be Kodak, who invented the digital camera, yeah, huh, and then point. and then and then yep. went out of business because of the digital camera. Yeah. Whereas the smarter companies and, and something like Erwin Jacobs, a founder, or Paul Jacobs, a son, you know, they're still instrumentally involved with a company the size of Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. You know, innovation, investment from the very top down through the company is what makes Qualcomm very strong. Hmm. And uh, and I think that they they're everyone's aware of not becoming Kodak. Yeah. So it is. So it's it's having a guy like Matt Grob in your senior C-suite level who's looking yep. at where can we go, where one day will we need. Um, you know, where, where could Qualcomm set our core product? Yeah, totally. Because we can't we can't shift the core product, but we can shift the core markets. Interesting. And so, um, you know, you mentioned a few companies you've worked with. Is there a consistent? I mean, I'm sure you see some interesting trends coming mm-hmm. down the pipe. Like all of a sudden, one year corporates are super interested in one thing, and the last year, you know, they're interested in yeah. another. Any sort of trends you're seeing today yeah, or, yeah, or shifts? Two, two, two years ago it was it was IoT. Then mm-hmm. it was last year it was kind of. Drones and robotics, and then this, and then, and then you know, more recently, AOR, VOR, and now mobility is the big thing. Hmm. 
uh, you look at the car as the ultimate connected device, and not just a car, but mobility as, a, as an infrastructure. Hmm. So you talked about drones, you have firefighting drones. Yep. Uh, you know, what else can we use drones for? Right. Uh, we all talk about um, you know, autonomous vehicles. Yeah. But the practicality of an autonomous vehicle is yep. kind of beyond the gro- like the technology is, is beyond the practicality at yep. this point. Yeah, or regulations uh, yeah, or anything exactly. else. You know, how do, how do, if, you, if, you, if you've 80 percent of your cars are, are, are regular cars and 20 percent are, are autonomous, how do they how do they integrate? So those kind of things. So that's why I talk about, I talk about transport. So often, interesting. You know, I did a TEDx talk in Napa a few years back, and I talked about um, when America was expanding historically. I'm a bit of a history nerd. You know, originally they built they didn't build more wagon routes. They built the uh-huh. railroad system. Post World huh. War II, America didn't build more tuning highways. They built the interstate system. Yeah. So now we're building cars that are very, very smart, but we need the infrastructure, the roads, yeah, the signals, the, the GPS, the satellites looking down on them, everything to harness that technology and encourage it. And that's where I see a lot of stuff heading towards. Like I say, Qualcomm has got a big focus on, on automotive at the moment. Intel's launched a whole fund around it. Yeah. People they bought are, Mobileye for was yeah. it $30 billion. Exactly. And, you know, and, GM bought Cruz, who who were yep. who were Qualcomm investment. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing more and more of those kind of the, the infrastructure, not just the smart car, yeah. the infrastructure. The, this morning on one of the panels, it was um, it was Eric O'Brien from Lemnos Labs, and he someone asked him a question about uh, autonomous driving in cars, and he was talking about you know we're all trying to get to level four autonomy, mm-hmm. which is essentially just push a button, leaving your driveway, and your car drives the whole way there. And he was saying there's a company they have called Marvel, which is testing autonomous loops. And they're, they're, no matter how perfect autonomy is going to be, there will always be moments when the computer and the AI has never experienced a situation before. Yeah. And so it's called an interrupt uh, or interruption. And he was talking about how they're leveraging uh, teleop operations, actually a remote driver in another location mm-hmm. to actually key into that situation uh-huh. and bridge that gap of autonomy to yeah. be able to take control or at least help the car make its next uh, make its next direction. Yeah. That was super interesting um, as um, it's just a bridge to kind of the larger future. When you deal with, with the major car OEMs, it's, it's quite interesting. You know, someone might buy a, a Volkswagen Golf or a Toyota Corolla type vehicle and have mm-hmm. that autonomous and not really want to drive it. It's, it's kind of great, you mm-hmm. know, or... <laughs> But you take a, a company like Vag, Volkswagen, Audi, Kupen, mm-hmm. and you look at all the brands they own. They own things like Bentley, Lamborghini, Ducati, hmm. uh, massive high-performance vehicles. I mean, you know, I know you work like with someone like Rob at, at a Chasta. Yeah. You know, buying the idea of spending all that money to buy a Ferrari or an Aston Martin or a Lamborghini. Yeah. Which is, you know, they're, which is you, you don't drive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so this, you know, why else do you buy that car? You don't buy it because of the trunk space. It's a good point. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so, a really so, good so, point. So, 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 that's, so that's interesting too. And, and, and most of the major car companies, they do have the kind of vehicles that would want to be autonomous. Yeah. But these major historic somewhat aspirational brands like everyone would love to own a Ferrari everyone, well yep. any car would, yeah. it's a very aspirational thing to own but you want one to drive why would you buy that if it's just going to drive itself yeah it what's going to be the USP over, over buying, a, buying a Toyota Yaris right right and BMW's whole tagline the ultimate driving machine exactly. right? what if they don't drive themselves yeah, yeah. super interesting so if, you know just from the sales and the marketing point of view there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there uh, well, that, yeah it's super interesting are you seeing I mean now we're on cars let's talk about that are you seeing you know Detroit where Detroit, you know, one of the mm-hmm. American cities is experiencing a lot of historical downturn, but new companies popping up. Are you, how are you seeing them engage here in Silicon Valley? Are they trying to bring people to Detroit? Um, Detroit Detroit's fascinating. You know, I, I wrote a, I wrote a thing a few a while back about how Detroit was Silicon Valley a hundred years ago. Oh, uh, and you had people like Horace Dodge, Henry Ford. They were the they were the Elon Musk or the Peter Thiel oh. of, of their generation. 
you know, when, when, when Henry Ford passed away, his net worth in, in today's money was more than the GDP of the Ukraine. Wow. So, so think about so that. These That's guys, crazy. These, these, these guys were phenomenally successful. And what they did, I mean, what Henry Ford did with the Model T Ford, what mm-hmm. that gave to people, to the mm-hmm. average consumer, mm-hmm. it was it, it wasn't just a car, it was massively liberating. People didn't go more than something like it was 12 or 13 miles from hometown on average before wow. this car came along. Yeah. The only way, you weren't going to go 100 miles on a horse. Yeah. So you maybe got the train. There wasn't really air travel as we know it today. Hmm. Um, so, so you know what 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 Detroit did for for innovation mm-hmm. was is quite phenomenal. I think now, even to this day, Detroit still has you know GM, Ford. They're all there, and also yep. like other, but far like like Toyota has a massive presence in Detroit. And Detroit, I think, is an interesting place. I don't know anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. that is so geared towards transportation innovation. Mm-hmm. All the, all, all you know, all the engineering talents there. All the, you know, all the, all the, all the, all the experiences there. Yeah. The financial resources are there. Yeah. Um, and manufacturing lines. Manufacturing lines are there. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And, and I think that the, and unlike other major, without naming a country, but in Europe, uh, where they are also quite good at making cars. Yeah. They're all very competitive with each other. In, in, in and, you know, my and my experience of going to Detroit, going to the state of Michigan, is they're all quite cooperative. It's, yeah. it's quite. It's like this idea of well, if if we all win. If Detroit wins, we all win. The ecosystem is, yeah. is there and back. And, yeah. that's, and I think, you know, you, you know we've already mentioned the name Cruise two or three times. And, but seeing that, that these kind of companies are coming to the valley. Yeah. They're seeing the, you know, they're seeing the innovation. They are integrating with it. They are, they're investing in it. They're acquiring it. They're partnering with it. And one thing about people asking about venture investing and that, particularly when it comes to corporates, um, every startup that you know, you you, know, you do a Series A or a Series B, and it's always about scale. How are you going to scale? How are you going to grow? How are you going to yep. set? You know, I want I want one hundred percent year on year. Yeah. The one thing that any corporate has in boatloads mm-hmm. is scale. Hmm. So so Good to point. get so to get that so to get that that innovation that early stage innovation into hmm. like a production system like it needs hmm. to go to a transport. Transport is a mass system. Yeah. Then that that bridge between Silicon Valley and and, and Detroit. Is something I think is going to get stronger and stronger. And you're seeing cool things there. You know, you got like TechStars is there now, looking at a whole bunch of tra- transportation initiatives. Uh, you're seeing more and more deals in there. The yeah. GM Ventures are coming forward. You know, they're all becoming more, becoming a lot smarter about what they're doing. Interesting. I know Ford recently hired uh, one of the head marketing guys from Apple to become the chief brand officer of, at Ford. Um, huh. So you're seeing more of that integration, yep. more of that, more of that mix. Yeah. And from a startup perspective, what's the best? Have you have you noticed any? Uh, skills that startups can do specifically to get the attention of corporates to pay attention to them? Or is that essentially what you, what you do? Your job, like you help kind of sift through a lot of the strategic startups that are in a space and help identify the right ones to connect with the large corporates. Yeah, so I mean, we're, you know, how can so a startup be proactive, so I guess? Silicon Valley Bank, is an inst- today we bank over 70% of all the VC in the U.S., and we bank over half of all the VC-backed startups. So we do. You know, we, we say we're kind of like Switzerland. We sit yeah. in the middle where we see. We you know we see everything. We see yeah. what's going on. And yeah. And like I'm, you know, I'd meet with someone like Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, once a quarter. Kathy Fish, the CTO at Procter and Gamble, every every couple of months. Huh. And, we'll, and we're not we're not McKinsey. We're not Bain. We're not doing that. But we'll sit and we'll talk with them. about here, you know, here's things that may be of interest to you. Yeah. And like a VC who's trying to you know understandably and hopefully sell their portfolio, we're their bank. Yep. So we want these companies to grow because hmm. the more you grow, the more you hmm. want your bank, and that's a huge part of. Why someone like me exists in our bank and doesn't yeah. exist in other banks? Yeah, seems pretty aligned. Our whole our whole mantra is 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 to improve our clients' chance of success. Yeah, sounds super aligned. Um, and that's so that that's a big part of what we do. And then yeah. figuring knowing our clients, working with them, and then when someone like a BMW or or Qualcomm or whoever it is comes in and says, "I'm looking for a company that can do X." Yep. 
uh, like a good example was um, we had the head of production for Daimler in <coughs> a while back, and mm-hmm. uh, one of our companies in, in in based in New York City is called Modern Meadow. And basically, using stem hmm. cells, they can grow leather. Hmm. Grow leather. Yeah. So no. But oh wow! It, it, it cost them like I think four cows to to fit out a, a Mercedes wow. S class. Wow. And if all you want is the hide, that's a pretty expensive reason to kill Absolutely. a poor cow. Yeah. Um, and Diner's not going into the butchery business. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. so, so but if they can then on demand now that it's it's nascent technology now, but of course in the future as it grows and like any other technology, it scales and gets better. Yeah. Something like that, and then we so we put the two of them together. And that that that, and then we step back and let it happen. Nice. Seems like great alignment. Yeah, it's cool. So you made a comment. You, uh, Detroit was Silicon Valley a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. You travel a lot. You're Irish. Um, what's the Silicon Valley of the, uh, in a hundred years from now? <laughs> <laughs> I should start buying municipal bonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to buy URLs of another bank. Yeah, exactly. like Silicon Valley Bank. You're like uh, Cape Town Bank. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you, coming from coming from Europe, coming from Ireland. Uh, you always get asked, kind of like, oh, how do we replicate Silicon Valley? How do we do? It? And I don't think you can. And I think you, Detroit's a good example. Detroit knows what it's good at. Yeah, it's, it's Motown. It's yep. Motortown. It builds cars. Yeah, and it knows more about building cars than anywhere else. And I think that with globalization, with global reach, um, some places are better than others. And I think it's figuring that out, figuring out what you're good at, what your USP is, like Detroit has, and saying, yeah. this is what we're going to be good at. And if you want to. If you're like the VR guy, if you're the if you're the medical device guy, this is we are the guys for this, and I think you're going to see that because I don't think you can replicate the body. There's just it's it's there's just too many dynamics that are not replicable. Yeah, one of the things I've found about it is that to me, it's the you have good ideas, you have smart people, you have capital everywhere in the world. And that's mm-hmm. one of the nice things about technology, software, and the internet. Um, but what's truly unique, I think, about some of these tech centers is the proximity or the density of people working in the innovation industry that are commonly running into each other. Mm-hmm. And so you run into each other at a coffee shop and that sparks a potential customer conversation. Yep. You run into someone at the movie theater or the theater that sparks, you oh, know, what? an investor conversation or pushing your product forward. And, uh, and one thing I find here is that you'll meet a guy or a girl, you know, they'll tell you what they're trying to do and you go, Oh, you're, you're, you're looking for You got to meet my friend, Jacob at Shasta. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's no, they're not, like, you know, sometimes back in Europe, like, why is he helping me? What's he want from me? Yeah, exactly. Whereas here, it's kind of like, no, just go meet him. I don't you just know. Just a good Best person. look, you know. Yeah. It's like we all, I don't, I don't I, sometimes I, I think that comes from kind of the pioneer mindset of coming out west. Yeah. Everyone, everyone helped each other out. Or, it's true. you know, that's what that, that's what happened. That's true. San Francisco has been a historically gold rush town for, mm-hmm. for uh, it's all history. Yeah. All right. So we're getting close to the end. Any, have you read any books or any, seen any shows or any concerts you go to that you liked that perked your interest? Any books? I'm reading. I'm reading a book that uh, at the moment by an Irish author who who who's actually known for called Paul Howard. He's known for his, his comedy, but he wrote a book about hmm. a fascinating Irish guy in the '60s in London. It was like good buddies with like Paul McCartney and hmm. the early Rolling Stones, wow. and he was an heir to the Guinness fortune. And it's called. I heard, I heard the news today. Oh boy. And unfortunately, was killed by a, in a car crash, and the Beatles wrote that song about him. Oh wow! Uh, so it's a memoir, kind of a history. Yeah, but he writes in very. It's, he's, he's he's a very good writer. He's funny. So that's what I'm, that's the book I'm reading at the moment. Yeah, I love it. Well, Barry, thanks for spending a few minutes here in Happy La Jolla at the Qualcomm Ventures Summit. Um, really appreciate it, and for being part of Take Tech Apex. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks for joining in. Cheers. Man.